Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we're back. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow him on Twitter at Steve Geller WWL. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Nowak. If you're looking to check out some of our latest content, go over to WWL.com. Or you can listen to the radio. Who does that? But yes, and and if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you probably can't see it because it's not that type of podcast. But Steve is wearing an inside black and gold hat, which he went out and got for himself. Fresh new merch. <laughs> fresh, fresh new merch that only we can have. <laughs> you never know. We're doing like a limited edition trial run. <laughs> yeah, we'll raffle it off for the two people who might want it. <laughs> anyway, so let's get back to it. And we're going to talk about kind of the Saints free agency and you know, there was one set of grades that went out, and part of the reason you even put out these grades is to rile up fan bases. And so, you know, you never want to get too in the weeds about whether they're right or not, because they don't matter at the end of the day, but it's the offseason. So what else are we going to talk about? So we're going to talk about that pro football focus free agency grades. And then I also want to ask the question, did the Saints let the right players walk? Because I think more so than who they signed is who they didn't sign. And so we're going to get into that. But first, so... I think the first thing that that really jumped out at people was that not only did the Saints get a C <laughs> in free agency from Pro Football Focus, and they and they used this weird, you know, PFF war gained factor, which I don't even know what that means. They got a lower grade than everyone else in the division. The other three teams, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Bucks, all got Bs, but the Saints got a C, and. What annoys me is the reasoning behind it, because there doesn't seem to be any justification for why the Saints got a C other than Derek Carr was not that good in 2022, which is fair. You know, I would say it had a lot to do with Josh McDaniels, but and he was good with John Gruden the two seasons before that. So, I mean, sure, if you want to overweigh 2022, whatever. But here's here. This is a direct quote. It says, it is fairly easy to talk yourself into this deal if you ignore Carr's 2022 season as he ranked top 10 in passing grade in yards per attempt from 2019 to 2021. This is also agnostic of the roster situation where New Orleans is aging at key spots and continues to kick the salary cap can down the road in perpetuity. This approach was completely reasonable with Drew Brees, but it is highly questionable with the quarterbacks New Orleans has rostered since Brees retired. 
So you're you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. There. So you're saying it's not worth doing unless you have a quarterback that's worth doing it with. But then you're saying that they shouldn't have signed Derek Carr, who is the quarterback that you should be doing it with, right? Like they're arguing both sides. And here we are again, talking about the salary cap in disingenuous ways. I just, it just annoys me. Like that's not analysis of the free agency moves. That's just you saying you don't like how they handle their salary cap. So how does that affect the actual team on the field this year? It doesn't. Is the only one they talk about too, the Derek Carr deal? No, they talk about other the other contracts. Okay. Well, and that's what makes it even more annoying. So, you know, they talk about Colin Saunders here. And so they say Saunders is built like a tree trunk at six foot and 324 pounds. But if you put on his tape, you'll see a guy that rarely gives up in pursuit of the ball carrier and brings a lot of energy on his limited snaps, blah, 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 blah. They respond positively to that signing. Here's another one. Shepard is a former third-round pick out of Fort Hayes State who was one of those under-the-radar signings that could look pretty smart in the near future as he was buried on a very talented depth chart with the New York Jets, but will now presumably have a much larger role in New Orleans. He said it's a sizable investment. Sure, three years, 15 million. I think that's very much middle of the road. Uh, one thing that's interesting is he's listed on the Saints depth chart or the Saints roster as a defensive end. So I'm interested to see whether they actually do kind of try to convert him into defensive end or maybe kind of shift him inside and outside like the goal was with Kentavious Street. But either way, like this is generally a positive review of these two players. I was going to say, all right, we got some more positivity there for sure. And they get to see. So really, so really it was just the big knock on the Derek Carr deal. Yeah, apparently signing Derek Carr <laughs> is the reason that they're going to be bad. Like the reason this is bad is because they paid money to bring in a quarterback, but their argument for why you shouldn't have done that is because it didn't make sense to do until you had a quarterback anyway. And yeah. then you read, you read like the, the Tampa Bay one and it's like, they got a good grade because they signed Jamel Dean and Levante David. So they re-signed those two guys. Right. And then they signed Baker Mayfield. That's about it. They also signed Chase Edmonds and Greg Gaines, a running back and a defensive tackle. I mean, Cool. That's a B and you're getting a B because you're tanking like it. That, that is pro football focus saying they should tank and they are. And so good job. I don't know. What, what a world there. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was funny initially, obviously when I see the Buccaneers getting a B in free agency. So yeah, the, they're basically applauding like congratulations on your efforts on being one of the worst teams next year. Congratulations on your non-effort. Yes. Here's Atlanta. So you know, you you would think, hey, this te- they must they they must be tearing Atlanta apart for paying <laughs> for throwing nose for a right. safety on a team without a quarterback, right? Nope. Atlanta Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot comes from a New Orleans Saints organization that has always emphasized the safety position, and his second ever draft pick with the team was selecting safety Richie Grant number forty overall. Fontenot continues that tradition with a splash signing for the top safety on the market in Jesse Bates. The Saints have never since Jarris Bird paid top market money for a safety. They let safeties walk. We've seen it repeatedly. So not only is this, this, this analysis off, you are justifying an above market contract for a safety by saying that's what the Saints do. And that's why you're not going to be negative about it. And then overspending at defensive tackle, overspending at linebacker. This could this is Caden Ellis. This could end up being a great signing on an ascending young player. And Nielsen has obviously seen him practice every day for four years. But Atlanta went pretty high here for a guy with a small on-field sample. They went pretty high there. Onyemata began the began the 2022 season with a suspension. Also not true. 
that's factually incorrect. <laughs> it was the wrong, 2021 wrong season. Right, wrong year. Yeah. Onyemata began the 2022 season with a suspension, parentheses SIC, but Atlanta does not appear overly concerned with his production going forward. So like part of their analysis is saying, well, he didn't have that much production in 2022, but it's because he missed six games. Except he didn't. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that is to say, if you're if you're looking too much at this, you're doing it wrong. And that's exactly what I'm doing is I'm getting too worked up about someone who doesn't really know the team talking about the team. But I would I, I would also be annoyed if I found the Panthers because I think the Panthers deserved a better grade than either the Bucks or the or the Falcons. Yeah, they shouldn't be lumped. You got to give them at least a B plus then. Right. I think the Panthers <laughs> had an excellent free agency. They didn't overspend crazily. Right. They brought in very high caliber players. Now they have the first overall pick, so you can bring in a quarterbacks. And they added Andy Dalton, who I would argue is a good depth quarterback who can start a couple games for you if you need him. So, like, I think they got a they had a, they they had a B plus off season or free agency at worst. But no, um, I mean, you, you just some of the names. I mean, Sam uh, DJ Chark, Hayden Hurst, Von Bell, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen. Yeah, they. They made some pretty good splash. I don't want to say splash, but moves that made you kind of like turn your head and go, hmm, what Panthers are up to something, something brewing over here, and definitely going to be real, real interesting to see what they do with that number one pick. I I, I definitely don't see them moving down as some have rumored to be. It doesn't that would make absolutely no sense in a realm why you'd make that humongous move to get up there in the first place. I think I think it's all a smokescreen to try to convince Houston to trade up to number one. <laughs> Seriously. I think they want... If you remember, um, I think it was the 49ers who traded back with the Bears from two to three because they had convinced the Bears that they were going to draft Mitch Trubisky. And so the Bears traded from three to two. The 49ers were never going to draft Mitch Trubisky. But the Bears were like, they panicked and they did it and because they, they desperately wanted Mitch Trubisky. And I think that's what uh, you're trying to do here if you're the Panthers is you're okay with more than one. Like you're kind of split on maybe I want this guy, maybe I want this guy. And so you're going to allow the Texans to make that decision for you. And you just have to convince Houston that, that you're going to take whoever they think they want. Because if, if you can get the 12... And like turn your second round pick into the twelve, <laughs> and like like it's worth it. Like I think that's what it is. And if and if the Panthers do pull that off, then it's a then it's the grift of a century. But either way, the players they signed: safety Von Bell, friend of the program, Andy Dalton, Shy Tuttle, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen. So three of those are former Saints players. Hayden Hurst is a former Falcons player. Miles Sanders is a former Eagle, and Adam Thielen is a former Viking. Why? Watch right. out, Carolina media, for those exciting Andy Dalton press conferences. Yeah, right, right. A list on here, losses, DJ Moore, Sam Darnold, Pat Elfline, Damian Wilson. I think that they they did a very good job of kind of splitting the gap here of, you know, you might not be perfectly ready. Like, you're not perfectly positioned right now because you don't have the quarterback yet. But I think they split the difference here of of going all in and versus just adding quality players who can help kind of build and potentially, you know, we talk all the time about how the NFC South sucks and the saints have a really <laughs> good shot at winning it because it's so weak. They probably feel the same way in, in Carolina and they still have that defense, a defense that has flummoxed the saints multiple times over the last several years. So I, I, I think it's again, and we talked about this on Friday on sports talk. Like if I had to pick one team in the NFC South, 
that I was worried about, it's the Panthers. And it would be very frustrating if Andy Dalton goes out there and is the foil to the Saints this season. Well, it didn't matter last year. It was ridiculous, too. To, well, whoever they had at quarterback, they still owned the Saints last season, which was just gross uh, and, and an, a totally gross season. But, uh, yeah, the Panthers are always a problem. They, you know, we always talk about, obviously, the Falcons and even the Buccaneers when they had with the, the rivalry got heightened because Tom Brady was there. But there's the those little kitty cats from Carolina are, are are always an issue. That but I don't feel like that that rivalry is at that next level there. You know? Yeah, people want to say the Bucks and Saints are rivals. They're not. <laughs> Drew Brees and Tom Brady were sure like right. the Saints and Tom Brady were. But there's nothing about Tampa Bay that is even remotely rivalrous as well, it as it pertains to the Saints. I guess it kind of picked up with Mike Evans, you know, with the with his shenanigans. Yeah, but he never wins that fight. <laughs> like well, they, they, they say, like Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore have a rivalry, but he's never caught a pass against Marshawn Lattimore. So, like, <laughs> it can only, it's only it's a very one sided rivalry. Like this, the Bucks want it to be a rivalry, but they have to prove they can be a like a like a competent franchise before you can say that. And they've never once proven that. Say like independent of Tom Brady being like, okay, I'm going to win a Super Bowl here, and then leaving. Um, so I guess let's get into the before we before we close the segment. Let's get into the question that I wanted to ask, which is, did the Saints let the right players walk? And so I'm just going to go through this list here, and I want to hear your your, yeah. your opinion on that. So wide receiver Deontay Hardy, he's up to the Bills. Wide receiver Marquez Callaway to the Broncos. Linebacker Caden Ellis to the Falcons. Defensive tackle David Onyemata to the Falcons. Defensive tackle Shai Tuttle to the Panthers. Quarterback Andy Dalton to the Panthers. Defensive end, Marcus Davenport to the Vikings. Safety, Justin Evans to the Eagles. Is there anyone on that <laughs> list that you really would have liked to see kept around? I know the an- the obvious answer we've already talked about, but is you know wh- what are your kind of opinions on that group? Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, for, for what I know now and those contracts that were given to them, no. I, I, I think the Saints did a hell of a job in you know getting back a lot of talent along the D-line that they lost because you know, of some overspendage there with Tuttle gone now, Onyemata, uh, linebacker. That one hurt the most to me, just Caden Ellis. Uh, liked the guy a lot, high energy, great attitude, someone you were developing, uh, late-round pick, and it makes sense, though, for him to follow a guy like Ryan Nielsen. So I'd, I get that, too. But, uh, yeah, for out of all of them, I would say, for me, the, the only one that bothers me is Caden Ellis, I would say. Plus, it's Atlanta. I think to be truly critical of a player leaving, the question isn't just would you want to have kept them around. It's also 
would it have been a reason like was it a reasonable contract like could you have justifiably <laughs> spent that money and even when it comes to Caden Ellis I don't yeah, think right. that you you could have I don't think you could have justified 21 and a half million dollars to a 27 year old who wouldn't be starting and so as frustrating as it is I can't disagree with that and if you're wondering how like a deal like Caden Ellis is a deal like David Onyemata's three years 35 million kind of resonated within the Saints locker room. We talked to Malcolm Roach today, and here's what he had to say about, about David's deal. <laughs> yeah, we talked. Uh, uh, I told him, I said, I said, man, they, um, you couldn't turn that down, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud for him. I mean, he would be crazy if he did turn it down. That's how I feel. Um, but he worked for it. You know, uh, one thing, Big O, Big O is a, a different type of guy. You know, he's not from here. So, you know, everything that he learned was foreign to him. You know, we grew up playing – I grew up playing football, you know, every day and things like that. So, uh, you know, just seeing the work that he put in and the things that he's able to come to get to his not second but third contract, you know, that's, um, you know, it also made it kind of makes you look at it like, man, a big old able to do it. I see what he go through. I give me to come this number, and I know I could go do it. And um, yeah, we talked though. We talked still, and um, you know, that's probably I'm probably gonna continue to talk to him for the rest of my life probably, but. You know, great guy, uh, great dude, uh, hard worker. Um, don't make him mad, I want to say. Um, um, you know, I'm happy happy for him. That, that's one of the things I laughed there at the end because of when he said, don't don't get him mad because you talk to him. He's one of those gentle giant kind of dudes in the locker room. You talk to him, very nice. But you hear his mouth on the football field, and it is raunchy, nasty, dirty. <laughs> He's definitely up there with like a C.J. Gardner-Johnson with trash talk. So I think that's funny. That is interesting. Yeah. Cause I've talked to him a few times and he comes off as like this cuddly teddy bear. Yes. Um, Malcolm Roach also talks a lot more than like, we, we haven't talked to Malcolm Roach that often, but he had like, he spoke for like 20 minutes today and these zoom interviews usually end up, like, end up being like between five and 10 minutes. And he, but he just had long answers and he had a lot to say. And I think he's very happy to be back in new Orleans, but you know, you, you hear a guy be like, he would have been crazy to turn that deal down. And so you can infer from that he was not going to get that deal here. And he knew that. And Malcolm knew that. And like, because it's not a reasonable contract for a guy in that situation. And I think that when you look at the players that they let walk in almost every instance, that player either did not really have a role or was getting paid above their market. It was true that like the players didn't have the role that didn't have a role. Deontay Hardy, Marquez Callaway, Andy Dalton, Justin Evans. All of them have kind of been replaced, right? Jameis is the backup quarterback, so Andy has nowhere. Deontay or Rashid is the kick returner, so Deontay doesn't really have a role. You brought in Jonathan Abram, so that's kind of the Justin Evans spot. And then you obviously just signed Brian Edwards, so Marquez is gone, right? Then you had Caden Ellis, David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, and Marcus Davenport. Between them, you're talking like $46 million dollars shelled out on free agent deals. The only one, the only one that I think the Saints should have seriously considered is David Onyemata. And the reason is they're going to have a $10 million dead cap hit charge this year because he is not on the roster. So if you had given out a three-year, $35 million contract, you would have at least in terms of the cap this season and next season and the season after that, assuming he's still on the roster, you could have spread that cap hit out so you wouldn't have dealt with it this season. But it's like I think that was so far above what the Saints are willing to do that even that did not make a big enough dent. 
No, and the the fact of the matter is too, he might have wanted to go with a Ryan Nielsen too. But yeah, I, yeah, I guess money talks though when it comes down to it. Let's be real. Yeah, and I think the Saints just kind of saw the writing on the wall to some extent. Like he's 30 sure. years old, he's declining. Like he's not getting better. He's still very good, but he's not getting better, right? Like his best seasons are behind him. And it's like you have to be realistic when you're when you're looking at that. And that's why like you hear a lot of the criticism of the Saints cap management. And it's like, what are you supposed to do other than re-sign your players as they are ascending and allow them to walk in free agency when they are on the backside of their careers is what you did with Teron Armstead, right? It's like the only player that you could say they didn't do that with is Brees. And then maybe Mark Ingram, but like you brought Mark Ingram back because you were desperate for a backup running back that, and you knew the system. It was just made too much sense not to do it. Like in, but generally speaking, outside of the safety position, um, you do try to do that. You do try to make sure you're only handing out second, even third contracts when that player is still at their peak. And a lot of and then you get criticized on the opposite end when you don't do it. I was gonna say a lot of folks are butthurt over Trey Hendrickson. I didn't. I don't really yeah. have a problem with with that one because he had flashes at, at, at times, but there was a lot of injury history with him too. I look at Trey similarly. How uh, I look at Trey similarly to how I look at Caden. I would have loved to keep Trey. Yeah, but he played himself into a contract that was not reasonable. Exactly. I was like, like I can't imagine gonna be, that. There's always going to be one team with way too much cap space, yes. right? And it's never going to be the Saints. Right, right, exactly. Uh, except anyway. except for, I guess, that year that they went out and blew their load on Bird. I think they learned their lesson doing, from doing that. Right? Sure. Like, I think I, that was, I, it's just amazing then, that, then that's, of course, yeah. they had the money to go and blow and look what happened. Right. I think that was a kind of out of character move for this team. And you can kind of see like when they do stuff like that and it backfires, they don't do it again. Right? Like, they drafted Stefan Anthony in the first round and they haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since then. Right. Like, cause I don't think they see the value there. And when you miss, that's such a waste, right? Because there were so many other premium options available at that point, but then you get defensive tackle or defensive ends that, that bust. So I don't know. It's either way. I I'm very much okay with all the players. They let walk again. Caden is the only one that I think you look at and be like, that's a net negative, right? Like I don't, I like I don't see Onyemata leaving and being replaced by Colin Saunders as kind of a net loss. I like I think you're even there, and you may have gotten slightly better. Shy Tuttle and Nathan Shepard kind of is the same thing. Like I don't see that as a net loss. Whereas mm-hmm. the linebacker at that Sam spot, which granted isn't a position you use that often, but is a position that you do want to have someone a quality player at. That is definitely a net loss where whoever you're replacing him with is not going to be of the caliber that Caden was. But if you had to take a net loss somewhere, that's probably the best position you could have done it at because you don't use it that often. It sucks too, just because I think that um, obviously Ellis is a dude who would have pushed uh, Pete Warner even more going into this year. Uh, P- Pete was great, obviously just dealt with some injuries, but I just, you know, it was a good combo they had there going on and it, the the lack of drop off in production when Warner got hurt was truly amazing last season, and yeah, kudos to Ellis for getting paid. I guess. Well, see, and here's the other thing, and what makes it even more difficult is you couldn't justify that contract unless you were gonna put Caden at the mic and have him kind of push Demario because 
Pete's going to be here for a while. Pete's not going anywhere, and right. he's going to be that will. Maybe you shift him to the mic, but I think he is far better suited to play the will position because he's more of an athletic, rangy linebacker as opposed to a big kind of burly run stopper. So we don't know if Caden can play the mic. We haven't seen him do it. And like, if you're projecting down the road for like, okay, this guy's going to be the starter, it would have to be at that position. And so you're not even filling the role that he excelled at. It just didn't make sense. And it's frustrating, but I, like, I can't, I, I can't come up with a good, a good justification for why you would have paid him all that money. If it was three years, 15 million, hundred percent. I do it every day. Three years, 12 million. Like I'm doing that twice. Now go go ahead and take that dirty bird money. Go ahead. Good luck. Right. See you twice a year. Right. And it's like, what's what Malcolm said about David. It's, it's what I'm going to say about Caden. Good for you, man. <laughs> you got your back. <laughs> Especially on a third contract. At 30 years old, you're cashing in for $36 million. Sheesh. Yeah. Good for him. Anyway. Uh, so I think we we're both kind of in agreement there that like, you know, whether the players they signed work out or not, I think that the decision to let these specific players walk, you know, it's it's hard to argue with. It'll be like you said to a little bittersweet if we all of a sudden see the Carolina Panthers being, you know, led down a fourth quarter drive by Andy Dalton in week one or something, and like I'm I'm gonna have a heart attack in the press box. I, I don't know if bittersweet is the is the <laughs> is the term. I think it would just be all bitter. Like I wouldn't be happy for him. No, no, yeah, nice guy and all too. But yeah, we don't we don't like him that much. He was only here a year. There would be no sweetness. It would just be bitterness. I'd be like that, that guy, like because it's like you would say like, well, the only reason he could do this is because he spent a whole year practicing against this defense. <laughs> oh, I would be very bitter. Anyway, all right, let's let's wrap that segment up. We're gonna come back and we have dates for camp, which you know starts setting that schedule. Then we're gonna talk about the over under that came out for all 32 NFL teams, but the NFC specifically, I think you're going to be surprised at how high the Saints actually rank in this in this list. So stick around for that. Yeah, not us being homers. This is Vegas, baby. <laughs> 